So, Lucas, I got a great email this morning. Okay. Yeah, I got a, a, uh, an email from a potential sponsor for Fact Fiend, the other channel, uh, myself mm. and you help run. Uh, that's from someone who's like, hey, I know you're a content creator and you probably support the writer strikes, right? And it's like, okay, yeah, sure. What's this about? So where's well, this going? Um, well, we are like a charity fund that is um, helping the writers. So, like, okay, that sounds like a good thing. So, like, would you mind giving us 30 seconds of advertising space in your video? And it's like, in exchange for nothing at all. Oh, there's and yes, the, and I, there it is. And you'd think writers would be better at understanding um, irony, wouldn't you? If they're on strike because people aren't paying them what they're worth for their time and not acknowledging that what they do is work instead of trying to get free stuff out of them. And they're like, can you just give us like free time? Bear in mind, like, specifically for Fat Fiend, you are the writer. I am the writer, yes, and host. Yeah. Do you know I'm not oh. a writer? Right here. Yeah, so, fortunately, we don't have to worry about that over on this channel where we just, you know, take people's wikis and use them for our content. Yeah, as Lucas mentioned, we read wikis on this at least weekly weekends. I'm your host, Cal Small, joined as ever uh, by my co-host, Lucas Holland. Hello there. And uh, yeah, before we get into, you know, the meat of today's podcast, which is uh, discussing the two wikis myself and you have found from across the internet, Lucas. I've got to mention that this podcast is available on all podcast services, or is, still, is Apple still dragging their heels? No, it was Google for a while, but uh, it's up there on Google now. So again, if there's any lingering, like, low, you know, smaller platforms that I'm not aware of, let me know in the comments or whatever. But according to my, like, feed of different things, it's it's pretty much everywhere. Like we said last week, we, we we tweeted at Jay-Z and he wasn't having none of it, so we're not on Tidal yet. But uh, yeah, and uh, if people would rate that, you can rate podcasts, right? If people can rate it. That is true. It would help with our discoverability if people just gave us a rating. I'm not going to ask you to give five stars like most podcasts do, just, just rate us. Yeah, do that thing that YouTubers do. They say, like, comment, and subscribe on the content in the first five minutes before you've seen the thing that the title deliver- is supposed to deliver on. That's the thing. Is like Normally, it's the first like 30 seconds. It's, Remember to like this video. So I don't even know what the video is yet. I don't know whether I like the content. I would love that in any other like industry. I want to go to a restaurant, and before they even serve me the food, they're saying, do you want to review the restaurant? It's like, <laughs> do well, you want to give us five yet. stars on Yelp? Yeah. It's do you like, give us what? five stars? Like, well, I've, not been, I've not even seated down. Like, come on, give me a chance. It's Yelp. What is Yelp a thing? Uh, um, Yelp. Yeah, I, ca- I can never remember like what things people review on, but it's like that crazy world where people that have like really high rankings go on like these weird power trips because they actually hold some power on those platforms. Yeah, um, uh, you can become a power user on there. Or if you just own Yelp, you can just um, uh, strong arm businesses into paying for advertising, <laughs> which is a thing they've done, um, yep. which you could learn if you go read the Yelp Wikipedia page. And I know for a fact that Yelp themselves keep editing that one. Because <laughs> when you read a Wikipedia page and you can tell, you can tell either the person it's about or someone connected to their PR team has edited it. Because mm-hmm. out of curiosity, I went to check out Jonah Hill's Wikipedia page. I went, has the controversy made it on there yet? And it's not. And it's like, his PR team is working overtime to keep that shit off there. And it is it is funny because people are still under the assumption that on Wikipedia, not fan fandom mm-hmm. wikis or whatever, like um, Wikipedia have really cracked down over the years about who's able to edit content. And they will... 
like revoke your privileges to do so even if you've earned it if you fuck around like you will find out and people are still just like yeah but wikipedia is just something anyone could put any shit on there it's like no do you know what like one of the most like infamous ip addresses to be banned from wikipedia no it's uh, the senate house in washington uh, funnily because, enough, I was going to just guess, like, is it the White House because of Donald Trump? It's because, no, White House staffers would edit each other's Wikipedia pages and edit mm. their own Wikipedia pages. Like, you know, when their senator had, like, a controversial take or did something racist, it's like, we better right. edit that shit out. Yeah. Ah, but speaking of things from the internet, Lucas, that can never, ever be scrubbed away, what have you found for us today? Well, I have found something that, you know, it was... More significant than maybe I realised. Um, okay. But, you know, I just thought for the sake of, like, something related coming out um, in the next, like, week or so, I okay. figured we could talk about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I decided that we could bring up the 1990 movie. The 1990? That thing? Yeah. The it one, came out that early? Like, that, that's how early it came out. That's, that's what I was I, the Ninja Turtles are older than me. I don't like this. They I don't debuted like the... before we did, Carl. That's what it's, it's like one of those things that when you 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 probably always knew it was true in your head, but it's like when you find out, like, oh yeah, fax machines, samurai, and Abraham Lincoln all existed at the same point in history. So there could have been a point in time <laughs> where a samurai could have sent Abraham Lincoln a fax. And it's like, no, that's not true. And then you look at them and it is. Or like woolly mammoths roamed the earth while they were still building the pyramids. Fucking hell. Like, things like that, and it's just like, n- no, what? what? And then it just turns out, yeah, it's true. Yeah, and, uh, you know, not quite as uh, crazy, because I just assumed it was, like, a 90s movie, mm-hmm. but it is literally a 1990 movie. Lucas, it's not a 1990s movie. It's a 1990s cultural touchstone. It actually is, and I was we surprised forget. by this. Everyone forgets about Turtle Fever. So like, do you when you talk about The Simpsons... Mm-hmm. And like you know, The Simpsons isn't really relevant. It still exists. It's a pop culture phenomenon. But like people are like, "Oh, The Simpsons!" Like, why did anyone give a shit? It's like you don't know how big The Simpsons was. Like, The Simpsons were called out by the President of the United States <laughs> on live TV, and, and they got into a beef with the President. It's it's one of those weird things of like I, for me, was a child during mm-hmm. like the the Turtles massive era mm-hmm. um and you know they've ne- they've never been small since but th- there was like turtle fever as you say yeah. and but i was a child i was the target audience i didn't realize like how big it was outside of the circle of you know five to ten year olds mm-hmm. oh it was it was a, like i said a phenomenon they had a stage show Mm-hmm. They had a music video. Like, you know, speaking of like you know the Simpsons, like remember like where Michael Jackson just wrote an album for the Simpsons. Oh, like, right. Do do the Batman because just and Michael oh, Jackson right. goes wrote it for free because he just like Bart Simpson. <laughs> like the Ninja Turtles had a stage show with like don't forget Vanilla Ice, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Vanilla Ice may have helped this movie out quite a bit, but the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 1998 American live-action independent film directed by Steve Barron and based on the comic book characters of the same name mm-hmm. was released on the 30th of March 1990. And the reason I was surprised and decided, like, yeah, this is definitely something that we should talk about mm-hmm. is because um, it was like a gross of $135 million in the USA 
on a budget of $13.5 million, so 10 times its money in USA alone, mm-hmm. and then um, worldwide, $200 million, making it the highest-grossing independent film of all time at that point. Yeah, surpassed only by like stuff like, I guess, later it'd be Blair Witch Projects. Which I don't think made yeah, more money, yeah. but I think con- uh, relative to its production budget, it was like the most successful indie movie of all time. Oh, that must have been like twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> I was gonna say that it cost nothing. Yeah, it, it cost like eight dollars. <laughs> but like, that's wild to me. I was like, I literally, like, my mouth opened agape at that seeing that statistic of. The Turtles movie was the highest grossing indie movie of all time when it Pe- came out. People love them goddamn turtles. And you know, speaking of mm-hmm. which, like, which turtle was your favourite? Because there is like an argument to be made, and I've seen it make made multiple places online, but you can the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are like the best example of like you want kids to relate to one or the other. Because mm. even though they all look identical, they all have distinct personalities. Like something else. So you look at the Power Rangers, the Power Rangers have distinct personalities but more than they're all relatively the same they're all like teenagers who love sports and hanging out and having fun and they all have the they all have the same fighting style etc etc like yeah Yeah. like they they have different colors but like you know and like they all like but they all hang out together and all basically like the same things where the ninja turtles hang out together but have very distinct personalities and interests yeah and also that correlates to everything whereas like the Power Rangers, when it's the Super Sentai footage, that's when it all becomes kind of the same people that are different mm-hmm. colours. Whereas, you know, the the thing shot for the American Power Rangers show yeah. is when they try to, you know, inflate a bit of personality in there. But um, I would say that, you know, A, always be scared of the child that loves wrath. Because that's the aggressive child. It's also the one with the easiest weapon to um, uh, pretend to have because it's just um, a fork or a gardening fork. Because that's the mm-hmm. I remember when I picked up a gardening fork and I was like, oh, oh this is a sigh. <laughs> Two gardening forks. I mean, you know, Mikey. Mikey's using farming tools out there with nunchucks. Yeah, that's the one that um, likes Russia. But yeah, my favourite personally was Donatello. And okay. Initially, it was just like, I like purple. And that's my favourite colour, so I'm going to go with the purple one. And then it turns out that he was also the geeky tech guy, which really fit my personality. Well, this is why we're friends, Lucas, because my favourite was also Donatello, for basically <laughs> the same reason. I liked purple, and then I was like, you know, a huge nerd who liked video games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I know yeah. there's other people like, they like Mikey, because like, you know, he's the fun-loving, carefree one. He's, like, he's basically the youngster, he's the younger brother, isn't he? Uh, yeah, that, I, I don't know if he is technically, but that's the persona that he like. Yeah, uh, like yeah, the personality of Mikey is that of the the, the fun younger brother. Yeah, and then um, Leonardo is the like, the older, like most sterner brother, and then like Raphael is like he's like that older friend that your older brother has. That's really cool, but you're a little bit scared of him. He's a bit of a dick, but got a bit of like that cool edge to him at the same yeah. time. And yeah, it's it's one of those things that I find it funny because. A lot of people, especially when we were children like, and, you know, growing up with the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles at some point in the UK. and yes, then we it... mentioned that in the UK it was Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles and Michelangelo had a grappling hook instead of nunchucks. Did... Oh, my... yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay, it's fine, it's fine, it's okay. It's okay. I'm telling myself that, but... 
Uh, that's like yeah, that's all those like Mandela effect things, and you tell people it was the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, everything like no, it wasn't. It was Ninja. So no, that's because in your head you watch the movie. Because people mm-hmm. like conflate the movie and the show together, and the song like Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. They and didn't then, edit the movie for this because the movie was technically PG thirteen, I think. Um, potentially, yeah, and I like. I said to, I was pretty sure I told you to like shut up when you told me that and I was like no is it I remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles everybody and it's like, no it's Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles and it's like, they yeah they even changed the theme song that's the thing that's making they they changed the theme song yeah and obviously it has grown to the point where it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles over here and the, mm-hmm. we had the movie that was Ninja Turtles over here but. It was just one of those confusing things of just, I, for some reason, you know, the way your brain works, you, you just kind of mush it all together and up go, no, no, it's always been Ninja Turtles over here. It's fine. Don't worry about it, Lucas. Don't stress. And if anyone is wondering why, it's because just they were worried that kids would emulate what they saw on the show because ostensibly it's a bunch of like, um, like cool, fun characters kids would naturally want to like, emulate and see and like, look up to wielding mm-hmm. ninja weapons, which are essentially makeshift weapons. Like Donatello just used a big stick. Big Raphael stick. is a fork. Michelangelo using nunchucks, which were, and I think continue to be, illegal in the UK um, besides for training purposes. Because mm. like metal yeah. ones were frequently used in uh, attacks and batons yeah, and uh, blackjacks and stuff like that, billy clubs. Like other weapons, there are restrictions on nunchucks. They are actual weapons, mm-hmm. like admittedly from farming tools, but you know they are weapons and they are specifically useful. was weapons that could be hidden because the the mm-hmm. it's like a baseball bat is one thing, but you can't hide a baseball bat in your back pocket. You can do a nunchucks or a baseball bat or a baton or a blackjack. Yeah, a and uh, sorry, I think we said Leonardo uses Donatello uses the stick. Donatello uses Leonardo the stick, uses. A big sword, big katana. The twin katanas. Well, it depends. I think it depends what version it is. Sometimes mm-hmm. he uses like one, sometimes he's got two. Um, but yeah, it's just I, I, I absolutely love the the Ninja Turtles. Like this movie, just you know, apparently kicked off massively. And before we were even born, the Ninja Turtles were just a massive success. And it is just funny knowing nowadays like what the the Ninja Turtles become from like the grim, dark, edgy comic books that they originated from. Yeah, which admittedly were written as a joke. So yes. like people like yeah. it's pretty commonly known that the Ninja Turtles comics are like really violent. Like they kill Shredder in the first issue. Like Shredder <laughs> dies in the first issue. Because they were never meant to like, you know, be anything more than this one shot joke. Mm-hmm. Like basically it's like, oh, how edgy can we what's the stupidest thing we can make edgy? Turtles, Ninja Turtles. Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that people liked the comics. They said, fuck it, let's keep making them. Like initially, they didn't even have like the color differentiation. They all looked exactly the same. Yeah. Um, it was just four ninjas murdering people on the street. Mm-hmm. Four ninjas that were turtles. Yeah, that's something um, that just happened to me. But then they realized that the idea was quite fun. So they started to like soften it a little bit and add, inject some more personality into it. And then, you know, Nickelodeon were like, let's pay them a shit ton of money. Um, but yes, the film itself presents the origin story of Splinter and the Turtles, mm-hmm. the initial meeting between them, April O'Neil, and Casey Jones, the true jobber, and their first confrontation with the Shredder and his foot clan. Is Casey Jones, like, sportsmaster, or is that like a DC character? Is, is he the I one who uses, there like... Is, like 
some kind of character that is similar to Casey Jones that isn't Casey Jones, yeah. Yeah, because I think in like Teenage Mutant, I think I just remember him wearing like a hockey mask. Yeah, okay, I've got a picture and he wears a hockey mask, but there's a DC character called Sportsmaster who looks very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Who also wears a hockey mask and fights with a hockey stick. That's why I was getting confused. I think he's hawk ma- he's sportsmaster. Yeah. And you know, I know there are some people out there that are gonna be defending Casey Jones' honor. But it's like when you think of every single character in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you think the Turtles, Shredder, Splinter, and April O'Neil. Well, here's the thing, I've got his like <laughs> very basic biography here on um uh, Wikipedia. Um uh, Arnold Bernard Casey Jones, a fictional character that appears in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics. And created mm-hmm. by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. He appeared in the one-shot Raphael Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, April 1985. Like the Turtles, Jones is a vigilante and was created as a parody of vigilante characters that were popular in comics at the time. Like, mm. he's supposed to be a joke. Yeah. Which is presumably why I keep thinking he's Sportsmaster, because he looks so similar to Sportsmaster. <laughs> Sportsmaster cool out of this. Oh, no, because Sportsmaster's just a guy who's like, I just beat people who are a metal baseball bat, and oh, that's yeah. terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my favorite, like low key one of my favorite superhero films is Super. Oh, if you remember yeah. Super, like mm-hmm. the, the, like the the forgotten James Gunn movie with like Rain Wilson and Elliot Page, mm-hmm. um, where Rain Wilson becomes a superhero and he's he's he just beats people with a fucking wrench. It's, That's all he, he does. Literally, just caves people's skulls in. Like no, he just he just has a wrench covered in duct tape and he's like he's superhero like like motto is just shut up crime and you just say shut up crime and beat shit to death with a wrench isn't that one of those weird things where that and kick-ass came out at like the same time yeah one of those uh, things where like dual movies like and james gunn was like um a bit annoyed about it because people kept comparing the two when like you know he reached out to the writer of kick-ass mm-hmm. and like he was fine with it and he thought it was a good movie but it's like what are you gonna go see what one's got a higher budget and and probably and cage yeah, Nick Cage, a slightly less creepy story than mm. Super. Both of them have kind of like got some weirdness to them, but I do think Super is a fantastic movie though because it do you know, it technically links up with Brightburn. Which one's so, Brightburn? Brightburn is like the other one. I think James Gunn produced it or maybe he wrote it, but he didn't direct it. And it's um that's like the evil Superman. Basically, it's just Superman right. if he was a dick. And he's like a little kid becoming a serial killer. And it's like Superman serial killer, but he's a little kid. Mm-hmm. And the ending of that as like a joke, as like the montage of all the crimes that this little kid superhero is com- like committing around the world. Mm. And you see that like Rain Wilson's character from Super is still going. <laughs> and he's now like Batman in that universe. So there's just Batman with a wrench. Oh, dear. It's great. It's a good movie. I recommend people go watch it. It's like, it's like an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. He's got some fun performances. Yeah, he does, for sure. Um, He's very early James Gunn. I was going to say, that's the thing with early James Gunn movies, is that there's always that, like, weird, edgy, like, try-hardness to those weird James Gunn movies of, like, look Mm -hmm. how quirky and weird and rude we are. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, trying to get a reaction out of people. And it's similar to, you know those very poorly made jokes that James Gunn got fired for and you can yeah. you can feel that energy. I've never seen a man get uncancelled harder than James Gunn because he ended up leading two superhero universes at the same time. Like that got him the job at DC.
Do I have internet again? No, you're back. What's the last thing you heard? Um, I had just finished my sentence of saying like the energy of James Gunn, early James Gunn. Oh, uh, no, I was just saying like, yeah. Either way, um, we can like hang on. Just figure out a way to put it. Okay, so my internet call out for a second. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's I see enough of that, Luke. Tell me more about the Ninja Turtles movie. Who played so, the turtles? I want to know. Uh, yeah, the, the the film seems to star basically nobody at the time. Like everybody listed here is a fucking is like nobody. An, an, a debut is what it's written as. So I presume that means like film debut in general, and not like debut to the yeah. Turtlepedia fandom. Uh, you know, I don't know, but um, I get the so, feeling as well. A lot of them were like stuntmen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um yeah, it says here starring uh Elias Cotius, Judith Hogue, Josh Pace, David Foreman, uh Michael and Sisty, Leith Tilden, Kevin Clash. That's a good name though, Kevin Clash. Yeah, I know that guy, he's the voice of Elmo. Who's he oh. play? I don't I don't know. It just said starring there. Oh, okay. So um, I know he's the voice of Elmo, and I don't remember there being an Elmo-style character in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Let's have a look. Splinter, the voice. Yeah, that, that guy's got some range if he's doing Elmo and Splinter. <laughs> That's... <laughs> yeah. Um, the voice of main puppeteer behind Master Splinter in the first two TMNT movies. He is most well-known for his role as Elmo on Sesame Street. That's like when you find like, Peter Cullen is like Eeyore and Optimus Prime. <laughs> it's like I get it. It's fine, but yeah, that 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 is weird. like I guess that's how they got the budget down so much. Yes, is just look, we're gonna hide because thirteen point five million is like what Arnold Schwarzenegger was getting for a movie at that point. Yeah, <laughs> like... in the nineteen nineties, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's just before Terminator Two, I think. Uh, that era, Arnold Schwarzenegger could command twenty five million alone, mm-hmm. on top of like you know back end deals and. Um, uh, profit sharing schemes. I, I think we talked on Fact Fiend once about how Arnold Schwarzenegger got given a jet for appearing in one yeah. movie because mm-hmm. that's it's just we want Arnold Schwarzenegger in a movie, give him a jet. <laughs> you do it, but this movie could not afford a jet. I'm afraid. Um, could afford those really creepy turtle costumes. <laughs> those <laughs> those turtle costumes that were provided like via Jim Henson. I was going to say that's presumably how like they got Kevin Clash then maybe because they had puppeteers on set. Yeah, and like yeah, the the film's creatures were designed by Jim Henson's creature shop. Mm-hmm. And it, this being one of Jim Henson's last projects before he would pass away later that year. Oh, I bet he was so proud. So when so when you find like all, oh. the last thing Orson Welles did was the voice of Unicron in Transformers. And he's like Fair. Citizen Kane <laughs> Unicron. It's like flawless. One of them's a flawless masterpiece and the other one is Citizen K. It is, yeah. <laughs> um someone's gonna be mad at that comment. Um but yeah, like that's wild to me that I was never alive at the same time as Jim Henson, but like my entire like formative years were formed around Jim Henson the, stuff. Like, yeah, Jim Henson's like the, the Muppets that's eternal. Presumably there's a mm-hmm. lot of reruns that we saw. That that is weird to think, yeah. Yeah. Um, you have seen that breakdown. So what do you feel about that um, proposal people have had? Of like, why does Disney keep making live-action movies of like its animated properties when they own the Muppets? Why are they not doing Muppet versions of everything? 
I did like Muppets oh, Christmas similar, Carol. Yeah, the Christmas Carol where Which is like, like I I consent is the definitive version of that film for me. Fucking like, incredible. I think it's the best version of a Christmas Carol. Like there's <clears> many like, you know, I say it's better than the original stage play. I, I I'm not sure. I know it's a novel like, first, but I know there's like a, a very famous stage play they did it that's like mm-hmm. people contend is like the definitive adaptation. But I think the Muppets the one, one's way better. The one thing I'll say about the Muppets one is that creepy ghost girl. Oh yeah, oh. terrifying. Oh, that is, that is some shit. But there's that picture of like, just stop making like live action movies. Make Muppet versions of all your movies. Mm-hmm. Like, and they do it the same way you did like a, the Christmas Carol, where all the actors are deadly serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, like, that's the that's what carries that movie. Like Michael Caine is acting as if it's a real movie, which it is. But he's like, he doesn't acknowledge the fact he's talking to a fucking frog at any yeah, point at, in the at film. No point. Does he mention that he's talking to like puppets or anything? Does he nope. play up as a joke? Scrooge is a deadly seriously like Michael Caine character throughout the entire movie, and it makes it so much better than a lot of those like you know like the the Jason Segel is it um, movies yeah. where it's like he's clearly having a bunch of fun with it, mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like he's playing up to the fact it's a Muppets movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I would love, like, similar to, you know, like, Lego Star Wars, how, like, that first one was just amazing, that first video game, where it was all just, like, no voice acting, just pure, like, slapstick Star Wars. If we had Star Wars, Wars, mm -hmm. Muppet Star Wars, and it, it can be voice acted, I'm not saying that, but, like, Muppet Star Wars would be incredible if they played it just dead straight. And you could as well. That's the thing. I just like. I just thought, wondered what you thought about that. And we could get actual Emperor Palpatine Kermit as well. <laughs> yeah, we could actually get the real one. It'd be so good. You'd have to um, be Miss Piggy though, surely. Surely, like, oh no, Miss Piggy'd want to be uh, Princess Leia because she'd want to wear the outfit. Mm-hmm. But like, you could. I, I don't know if I could ever make that movie and resist the joke, or at least like put in a bit where he pretends to be the Emperor and then they like knock him out of it or something. Yeah. Like maybe when um, Luke goes to the dark side. But yeah, made in three months. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles seems to be the most popular film version with the fans, most likely because of its true-to-original form, with its darker feel, emotional story, realistic effects, and costuming. The fans were treated to the most realistic live-action version of the Turtles, complete with cutting-edge animatronics and use of costuming materials. And I don't remember the other two movies quite as well, but apparently like, the effects clearly get worse and worse with the costumes over time. It's because, yeah, they made the... I think what they did is they tried to make the costumes more animated mm. at the expense of the actors being able to move in them. Right. So they're okay. stunt acts. I think in the first one, like the, the costumes were decent. You know, Jim Henson Studio is making something pretty good. But mm. they were light enough where the act, the stuntmen inside, could actually do stunts. Whereas yeah. the later ones, they like tried to like make them way, way too much. I think too much emphasis on like animatronics and their movement and stuff. So like, you don't really need that. Come on. Yeah, and it's that's the thing, isn't it? If you think the one most important thing for a Ninja Turtle would be the ability to do things like you know stunts, etc. Yeah. But yeah. It's a, it's it's wild to see the decisions that get made on these kind of projects sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, should our Ninja Turtles be able to move, or should they be able to animate a little bit better? It's like move, move, yeah. yeah. They're it's fucking it's, Ninja Turtles. It's in the name in it, Ninja. 
<laughs> and um oh yeah it says here that the filming was um <clears throat> July to September 1989 oh my voice is going bear with me it's the power of channels <clears throat> a lot of the uh, production took place in North Carolina with a couple of location shoots in New York City during the summer of 1989 mm-hmm. to capture the famous landmark areas such as Times Square the Empire State Building and the Hudson River. Um, and yeah, it, it's kind of insane that this movie was able to even do any filming in New York, to be honest. I I feel like they must have done some guerrilla filmmaking with this. Some, yeah, like, just, just guerrilla shooting in the street. Get them in the costumes, get them to run down the street and film it. Because mm-hmm. there's no way on that budget that you're shutting down New York streets in 1989, like... And if if you did, that must have been the entire fucking budget for the movie. Yeah. Um. It says, okay, yeah. While in New York City, uh, Smith and Wisner were allowed to explore an abandoned New York, uh, Brooklyn subway line, as they could not gain access to a city sewer. But the structure of the subway had the same principle as a sh- sewer. They also went to a water tunnel, which had large pipes running through it. I was say, how much did it make you super uncomfortable that the Ninja Turtles lived in a sewer and ate pizza? Would you eat sewer pizza? Well, presumably it's not sewer pizza. But would you still feel comfortable eating something that was in a sewer? I, I would like, not feel comfortable consuming any food while sitting in a sewer. That's not the but, miasma of just poop that must exist in that but sewer. But they are also like turtles, Carl. I'm not sure they have the same, like, you know, germophobia that humans might. That's true, unless they're in the Michael Bay one, in which case they're like horrible monster people. <laughs> yeah, like they're, the only good bit of the Michael aliens Bay from space, if you remember. Like, that was... It wasn't actually true in the end, but that was like a leak of the details of the movie beforehand, of like Michael Bay had like originally pitched it as them being aliens instead. Yeah, and they changed it in post. Because, oh, they changed it after that leak, so it had... Um, because response. fans were pissed. So, uh, yeah. to, to put it lightly. Like, that's the thing you say. It's a really simple concept. It's just like they're fucking turtles and you spill nuclear waste on them. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, fuck it. Put them in. Um, and it just has like one little tiny paragraph here of marketing. It just says Live Entertainment Incorporated announced that the film would go to VHS for its family home entertainment label on mm-hmm. October 4th, 1990. Uh, the suggested price was twenty four ninety nine per cassette. Pizza Hut engaged in a twenty million dollar marketing campaign tied into the film, Why would you including not? including advertising of print, radio, and television, and several reboot coupons. It's that thing of like, why would you not? It's like, okay, the most famous thing these things like the pizza. Why would you not team up with the pizza company? Mm-hmm. It's like yep. such a good idea. It's like um, the famous one that everyone probably knows is ET. ET initially like approached, I think it was M and M's. Of like the sweets that like ET will be lured out of the the closet with, and they were like M and M. M and M's apparently looked at ET's design, like that's horrifying. We don't like it. No, so they approached Reese's instead, and it was Reese's Pieces, and Reese's Pieces got like a two hundred percent increase in sales that summer. I bet M and M's were kicking themselves after that. One. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, like Domino's were probably. I don't even know if Domino's was or is a thing in America. Or even at that point, I don't, you know, comments, let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine all the pizza companies were probably pissed as fuck when they saw that. And like, yeah, Pizza Hut got that one. They got it good. Yeah. 
But I think that's also part of like why this movie is hard to distribute nowadays is the Pizza Hut promotions on it. I think that's why it's not like all over streaming services and stuff. Oh, because it will use like licensed stuff that no one likes. I guess because it because it's just got like Pizza Hut branding. I can't I can't quite remember, but I I just vaguely remember hearing that at some point. That might be wrong. (laughs) I just double checked. Pizza Hut paid for the marketing for the Dominoes in the film. Oh no! Because <laughs> I was just like, I was googling it of like, you know, the the, the what pizza are they eating? They eat Dominoes in the film, which means well, they I got guess Dominoes does exist then. They got paid twice. Oh, that I'd be so. Can oh. you imagine how pissed you'd be? That's like that they're oh. marketing a movie that markets the other rival pizza company. That was like when we talked about um, when. I, Microsoft paid the NFL like 20, 20 I think, you know, maybe a couple hundred million to mm. advertise the Surface Pro. Because they're like, oh, yes, yeah. stop, like, get the Surface Pro, and they made them bright and colourful. And then on air, NFL presenters were calling them iPads. Oh. And then when they sent a memo saying mm. stop calling them iPads, they started calling them iPad-like devices. And then you could see oh. that some of the presenters were using them as, like, stands for their iPads. And it's like, oh, no. They paid money to have like their rival name dropped. Oh dear, and that's that's wild to me because I know a lot of money goes into marketing, and I know that mm-hmm. you know you constantly hear like the for like films and video games and stuff that marketing budgets are like more than what it costs to develop them. But yeah, twenty million dollar marketing campaign on a thirteen point five million dollar movie. It's crazy, yeah, and that's how much marketing costs like and clearly you know it benefits a lot a lot of the time Mm -hmm. because 200 million dollars happened for this movie but you know you look at some of the recent box office bombs it's like was it worth it to spend like 300 million dollars on indiana jones another fucking 100 million to market it and then no one go see it what do you think they think as well when they're looking at stuff like i don't know everything everywhere all at once I think costs like a hundred million. That's like mm. after marketing, and that's like that marketing comes after like their Oscar win as well. Mm-hmm. But like that, and it looks fucking phenomenal, and everyone's getting rave reviews. And then they go and just put like fucking half a billion dollars into Indiana Jones and, Five. And the, the the VFX were done by like four guys that didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, like obviously, they used very smart filmmaking techniques to pull off a lot of that, and they had a lot of. Like, they essentially gave themselves as much time as they needed to to figure it out, which a lot of companies do not get from, you know, the likes of Disney. But, yeah, it's just wild, isn't it? It's crazy. I, movies are a nightmare. But, you know, speaking of movies are a nightmare, Luke, is there anything else to know about uh, the Teenage well, Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? Uh, uh, yeah, I figured we could wrap up pretty shortly, but I do want to talk about the alternate versions. Yeah, because I think they edited out, like, the deaths. I think Splinter, no, Shredder dies in the film by well, getting kicked into a trash compactor, but I think they got edited out for some versions, right? Let's find out, Carl. Let's find out. Uh, so, alternate versions. The UK version was severely censored due to its censorship guidelines considering Eastern fighting weapons like the Nunchaku. Alternate shots of Michelangelo were used in order to conceal his Nunchaku weapon or omitted altogether. That makes me seem in- so much scarier. You never see it. <laughs> like, 
Michelangelo doesn't do anything, people just fall around him. Well, like, just every time it pans to Michelangelo, he's already defeated his enemies. Like, I know we mentioned it earlier, but it still like it weirds me out that like, they had such a hard on for the nunchuck specifically. When there's like mm. one of the other ones is using a fucking sword. Yeah, one of them's just running around with katanas, like, yeah, let's go. I guess so maybe strange. the argument is like, it it's harder to get a katana or something. Like, I'm oh, not sure mate. but I have seen many a person with their like mall ninja katana. So that just... <laughs> I think one of my favorite YouTube trends is like people with like shitty twenty dollar katanas they bought from Walmart hitting water bottles and then just snapping them. Oh half. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I'm a massive One Piece nerd, and I really want a wall of like all of Zoro's different katanas through the years. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to then take them and film myself hitting like watermelons with them in my back garden. I do. No, I want to. I want to get a watermelon and hit katanas with it. <laughs> I want to get like, um, like a yard of ale on a stick. Oh, I want to yeah. hit katanas with that. Um. So yeah, it does say here. There's a one instance is a show off duel between Michelangelo and a member of the Foot Clan. Um. Also here, yeah, the the death scene of Shredder was heavily cut because of this. Um. It doesn't say anything other than that. It was just heavily cut. It probably just cut they probably just kicked him off the edge of the building and then they just left it at that. Yeah. Like leave uh, it ambiguous. The uncensored version was released on DVD in two thousand and five in the UK due to relaxations on the censorship laws. Mm-hmm. Um the German theatrical voice dubbed version is identical with the UK version, i.e. the non chaku censorship. Furthermore, the German dubbing audio track contains several cartoon-like sounds in order to soften the violence of the fight scenes. That's a cool um, way of doing it, though. Mm-hmm, so you got yeah. it's like just someone eats shit in a movie, like, and it's realistic. It's like, oh, you don't like that, but if it's like you hear the thwack, or if you just throw the Wilhelm scream in there, nothing takes me out of movies more than that now. <laughs> yeah. I think the Wilhelm scream is too well known as a reference. To keep mm-hmm. putting it into movies. Like, find uh, you a know, new thing. It was fine in Star Wars. I liked listening... Yeah, it's like, in Star Wars, it's more like, when are they going to put it in? It's always a Stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense with Stormtroopers all being, like, you know, clones. Or at least, like, you know, first couple of movies. Stop when the Wilhelm screaming. <laughs> it really does take me out of movies now. Yeah. Um, and then it says, like, although the German dub of the film was released with uncensored picture on DVD in Germany... The German dub audio version with the funny noises, quote unquote, was still kept because they were permanently merged into the German voice dubbing audio. Uh, I like the idea that like no one in Germany know how's knows how to like edit audio, and it's just like it, it's in there now. It's 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 in. What and, happens? Like, obviously, it? just if it's be, on the track and they from the remaster, they're remastering the. It, it depends how version. it's done because if it's all like yeah on one track mixed in with like the music and other sound effects and other voice lines on top of one another like you can't just mute it because mm-hmm. then everything would go but it does sound funny to me like it's in there we yep. can't do anything it's just fuck forever now mm-hmm. um okay so yeah it it says here that like you know briefly just looking at the reception is like it was Commercial success praised by a fan base, but mixed reviews from critics, of course. Mm-hmm. It was a silly, dumb kids movie. Um, it holds a 44% rotten rating on Rotten Tomatoes with the consensus that 
it's exactly as advertised. One-liners, brawls, and general silliness. And it's like, yeah. Why does stuff like that It's a kid's fun. It's 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 one of those of like when the uh, the Super Mario m- movie came out this year, like the new animated version, the new not one, yeah. the nineties one or whatever. But um, and a lot of the the reviews were like, you know, six out of ten, pretty simple plot, doesn't have much going on. It's it's a fucking Mario movie for children. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, you should be like judge it for the audience it's aimed at, not yourself. Yeah, don't be this forty year old person being like. What, oh, what, what, well, Lucas? The Mario movie isn't for me. Lucas, if we can't yell at kids stuff on the internet, <laughs> what do we have left as white dude? What culture do we have left if we're not that allowed is to our yell? Culture, God. It is. Oh, dear. Dear, oh, dear. And uh, I guess we can just finish off with it. a couple of little uh, bits of trivia here. Yes, I'm very excited. What trivia do we have about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, movie? So it says here. Uh, the April O'Neil being a news reporter, the Ninja Turtles saying Cowabunga, mm-hmm. Michelangelo's surfer accent, her love for pizza, and the multicolored bandanas originate from the 1987 TV series. Yeah, like that but, TV series needs to get some credit for like basically defining what defining, the Ninja Turtles yeah. are. Yeah, because when people think Ninja Turtles, they all those things immediately come to mind. It's like they were for the TV. They were things from an adaptation. So when you hear people argue about, well, you shouldn't adapt the source material too much, like use that as an example of like, well, you ask people what are the Ninja Turtles, they'd say, oh, multicolored bandanas, cowabunga, dude, the peaks, like that all came from the cartoon, which was a dramatic departure from the original source material. It, For the better. Again, again, it was parody, but it took a comic book that was, as we say, like literal black and white, grim, dark, super violence, mm-hmm. and it turned it into the jokey silly kids cartoon is that it was a, a 180 yeah. on the source material and which if you think it's about become the, michael... the definitive version yeah if you think about it, the michael bay version is closer to the original source material than any <laughs> other adaptation and people hated it which just goes to show sometimes if you adapt something you don't have to adapt it directly and in fact changing some aspects of it can be of great a great boon to its success it allows it to be you know stand on its own and just to mention the Michael Bay movie for one second, like I recently um, found out that like apparently everybody bar the stunt people on set like had rights essentially, <laughs> and like they were not unionized um, like the a- actors and you know scene workers were and e- production staff were. Mm-hmm. So there were times where apparently in these giant Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle suits, yeah. Because they would hit like fourteen hours on a workday, they everyone had to stop, and the four stunt people were like left in suit on set. They just got abandoned. Like because there the were people... times when that happened because everyone else had a limit of how much they can work in a day because their union the contract stunt... will kick in, say we're not allowed to make you work anymore. But yep, that work you've included got to getting leave. the stuntmen out of their costumes. And yep. And it was like, right, we've hit our limit for the day. Everybody but the stunt people have to leave now. And then the stunt people were just left on set in their giant, heavy, horrible outfits. You just have to go to a pub, wouldn't you? I'd just, <laughs> just go to like, a fucking pub in that outfit. Bye, guys. Fuck you. We've got unions. That sounds like Michael Bay, all right. So just, I, I just found that out. I was like, holy shit, they just got abandoned on set. Like, stunt people get so... So little cred. Obviously, not they're trying to join like the writer strike, and it's like some writers are like, "Oh no, we don't want the stunt people coming." It's like, 
Come on. If, if anyone on. deserves it, it's the people who literally put their body on the line. Yeah, I get it. You wrote yeah. the movie. Well, did you get set on fire? No, like, that guy did. Do you do you risk your life for the production? No, you don't, do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like I I'm a 100 on board with like Jason Statham's thing of like there needs to be like a best stunt category at the Oscars, mm. and they keep pushing yeah. about like, well that's not cinema, and it's like some of the earliest examples of cinema were sold on scale, like Buster Keaton, yeah, legend yeah. of cinema, like, he was the earliest stunt man. And also that the entire like premise of the movies were big spectacles. Yeah, seeing people do crazy things that you'd never be able to like see in a book. Like you know, mm. reading something in a book is one thing, but like seeing it on the big screen. But yeah, you know, everyone should unionize. Everyone strike. Everyone get better rights. That's the one. S- support that shit. Oh, Fuck that. yeah! Did you see that? There was like a thing earlier of like it was a government mandate being passed down in America of like we want to make it so all cars have like better gas mileage like force car manufacturers to have better mm. gas mileage and there were people complaining about it and it's like you're complaining about them making your car run better and be cheaper to operate and he goes but mm. I should have a choice it's like why would you choose the <laughs> shit option and also <laughs> why would someone and this is the thing is like if you're manufacturing and you like you have the option to not do it why would they ever do the well, the one that costs them money that's beneficial mm. to the consumer um but yeah going back to the movie it does yeah. say the actual plot itself was based around um some of the actual like Mirage comics, yes, storylines. Um, so it says Mirages, uh, one to three. So mm-hmm. me, myself, and I. What comes around goes around. No, what goes around comes around. And then Silent Partner, uh, true stories and return to New York story arcs. So I don't, I don't know the Mirage comics very well, so I don't know what any of that is. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it says um, in what goes around comes around. Leonardo fights the Foot Clan on outnumbered, while in the film. Raphael is the one who gets trapped and thrown through a skylight window, leading the turtles, uh, leading to the turtles fleeing from the city. And it's like, that is that weird thing around that time is that kind of, because of the way fans treated the turtles, a lot of people treated Raphael as like the leader character. Or the muscle. Like he was always like, he's always mm-hmm. like been the hothead. So he's the one who's always first into a scrap. But Leon, like, Leonardo has always, always been consistently portrayed as the best fighter. Yeah, but he's not necessarily the most aggressive, and that's um, been portrayed very well. I, I I'm a big fan of when, you know, the more modern cartoons and stuff have split up their builds. So like, yeah. Raph is like the big turtle, and it it portrays a bit more of their personality based on their image, which is nice. And sometimes, like you'll see, like Donatello, and they also add more accessories, like Donatello will wear like mm-hmm. um, uh, goggles. Yeah, you know, which is easy. The nerdy tech guy, the, Michelangelo. The tech goggles. I yeah. don't know what tech needs goggles, but yeah. like Michelangelo usually has a skateboard. That's another one. Like Michelangelo will have the skateboard. Leonardo will have like, um, and then like my, my Leonardo always like meditating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say um, the one good thing about the Michael Bay movie though is because they always talk about like, oh man, Splinter's so fucking badass. But in like all the live action movies, he's just like a fucking rat puppet who goes like, uh, it was like Yoda. <laughs> but then yeah. in the Michael Bay one where they send the SWAT team after this rat and the rat fucking kicks everyone's ass. <laughs> I do like that. Or oh, in the cartoon where you see like his backstory where he's like, he was owned by a martial arts master and he's a little rat in a cage doing Tai Chi. <laughs> I'm like, that. Is it like, that, that, the power it's rat. so great. Just, why does Splinter know karate? Because his owner was a karate master, and he 
he did that thing in Shang-Chi where Shang-Chi's sister learns, like, you know, whatever, um, by watching techniques, by watching through, like, the side and teaching herself. And then she becomes a better fighter. And obviously, like, that that premise why she can beat Shang-Chi is because, uh, she is continuing with her training, whereas Shang-Chi's kind of abandoned that lifestyle. What I don't get, though, is why did the Japanese, like, karate master have a New York City rat as a pet? (laughs) He has, like, a proper, like, brown New York City rat. Yeah. So that's not a pet. It's like he just found a rat. (laughs) Couldn't afford to buy a pet, Carl. He just got a rat. She picked up a rat off the street. That's a good pet, that. You know, it says here as well, uh, in Turtle Power, one of the songs from the soundtrack, Raphael is mistakenly mentioned as leader of the group. <laughs> Ironically enough, this is the case in the Nickelodeon series Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it's like, yeah, there are times where, like, for some reason, Raphael is mistaken as the leader or written as the leader. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like, that is not what Raphael is. Raphael, no, as you say, is the hothead. He's the aggressor. I guess that's why people feel mistaken for the leader, because <coughs> he's always the one taking the most active role in combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it says, bringing Splinter, the Yoda puppet, to life was a three-man job. Giving the turtles rat sensei a sense of life wasn't an easy task and arguably was not succeeded upon. Um... <laughs> It required the use of three puppeteers, including Elmo's puppeteer, Kevin Clash, who provided this one as voice. See, if all uh-huh. they need to do is get one person to grab that puppet by the tail and swing it around like a baseball bat <laughs> for a fight scene, I'd be, I'd be happy. Uh, um, there was a couple of... One other thing I saw earlier that mm-hmm. I wanted to mention, yeah, the, the costumes. Okay. So we can end on this. Uh, the costumes were incredibly hot, Way too big and fell apart. Oh, yeah. The the costumes had nearly 60 pounds of animatronics inside of them. Yeah, and the stuntman were doing backflips in this shit. Yeah, and it says, so this, coupled with the summer North Carolina humidity, caused each of the actors to lose almost 20 pounds. The costumes also didn't hold up that well and took a lot of wear and tear. Replacement Mm -hmm. limbs were kept on supply so they could be switched out when needed. But yeah, this is what we mean. It's like these stuntmen got shit. They never got any like recognition because their faces were barely seen apart from they all got like a cameo in the movie yeah. in out out of costume. But like they they put their bodies through shit for three months and lost twenty pounds during filming. Yeah, when's where's that crash diet? <laughs> when we're gonna see like Kim Kardashian Ninja Turtles diet? Yeah, we're gonna see Kim Kardashian just eating pizza and wearing a Ninja Turtles outfit to all these like Met Gala events. It's just, it's easy. All you need to do is wear a 60-pound Ninja Turtles outfit for three months in North Carolina during summer. Yeah, lose 20 pounds, no problem. And do work for presumably like 18 hours a day. Yeah. Oh, dear. And it's just, it's, what a wild film. What a crazy film. The thing is, I'd like two sequels, and the third one, they go back in time, and I don't remember that. (laughs) I was like, what was the third one? Oh, they go back in time? Well, I clearly didn't watch that shit, did I? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. But I did send I you just... a picture, Lucas, just to sum up the, today's conversation on Discord. If you have a look. <laughs> what? Just a little 
rat stealing a pizza slice. Do you know the pizza rat? It's like some guy in New York. It's like I just saw a rat just steal an entire slice of pizza. And everyone's like, it's Splinter. He's taking food to his young turtle friends. Pizza rat, baby. Um, Who don't want pizza rat? Look at him go. Love pizza and, rat. Uh, have you seen as well, by the way, that Xbox are currently doing a uh, giveaway where they are giving away pizza-scented <laughs> pizza, controllers. Pizza yeah. And you actually control I, smell like pizza. And it comes, it comes with, like, little essential oil of scent of pizza no, what I that want, you put in a diffuser and plug into your controller. I want to plug that into the fried chicken controller. Do you remember that fried chicken controller <laughs> yeah, that was greasy the to greasy the touch? one. So if you don't know, this is a real thing. They did, like, a fried chicken... Xbox controller that was greasy to the touch. It, it, I don't know why they did it. Yeah, it, this it, one that it looks disgusting. Just it looks Google like, like the fried chicken control. Like you can see the greasiness on it. Yeah, and it's permanent. It's just permanent grease. And then you want to plug the pizza one into that. And then what you do is you get like the um, Sonic and Knuckles and plug that into that and plug another Sonic and Knuckles and Knuckles. Just it's get like, it all going. Right, yeah, still, like, can we keep create? It going. Let's create the new tower of power. Yeah, it's the, just the t- <laughs> thing is like like a pizza. Isn't it just keeps stacking shit on top. <laughs> what the fried chicken? Want the pizza? There's got to be like a Burger King. Like, is there a Burger King controller peripheral? Play there, sneaking. Right? Play sneaking. Play while sneaking. You're doing King, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is there a Burger King controller? <laughs> oh, there's a you, you, there's a Burger King um, mouse. A mouse. Yeah, it looks like a. No, there is a Burger King themed controller. Oh, okay. But it's like I'd rather the fried chicken controller. I think that sounds better. Yeah. Yeah, but you can play Sneak King. What about McDonald's? Did McDonald's ever like do a controller peripheral? You play like Sneak King and Pepsi Man, and like. Checks Quest and the Cheetos game and all that. Get them all lined up. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, there's no Xbox controller, but I guess you could wear it like that. <laughs> Fucking the pizza controller. No, the pizza <laughs> peripheral in the, the fried chicken controller and play Sneak King and like, that's it. And wear the Burger King crown. Yes, yeah. Oh. Uh, Legend. See, so, are we even going to have time to do mine today? <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I'd love talking about turtles. The turtles. Oh. Should we just like quickly just like, you know, we'll take a break and I'll, we'll, we'll fly through mine. There's not as much to say about mine as there was about the Ninja Turtles and fried chicken controllers. <laughs> yeah, we'll take a short break and then we'll do a we'll do a little like wiki quickie for Carl. A wiki quickie, I like part. it. And we are back. And Carl, you know, as always, we just like to take a couple of minutes to do a quick little bit of housekeeping now yes. that people have, you know, seen the first wiki and... Obviously, the first bit of housekeeping is just to remind people that you should let us know in the comments which wiki won this week. Yes. And based off the fact that we talked about like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for 50 minutes, I'm hoping I've secured my victory. It's going to be tough to top Ninja <laughs> Turtles, I'll be honest. Because I think people have such like, nostalgia for that series. Mm-hmm. Including us, clearly, because we mm-hmm. couldn't stop talking about it. But you know what else we shouldn't stop talking about, Carl? And that is that we're doing a live event soon. We are, yes. Uh, the 25th of August in the city of Sheffield in the Meltdown Gaming Bar. Um, links to details of which you can probably no doubt find below. But yeah, we'll be there um, playing some rock band, drinking some beers. Join us if you're able to. Otherwise, what are you doing? 
That is a good fun. point that we've not discussed privately. Is like, is there um, a link to like a website or anything that people can, the, can the check pin, out? The pin twin or uh, the pin tweet on uh, the official Twitter account, and then there's like my Discord where it's mentioned as well. We can link both of those below. If people want to like okay, ask cool. extra information or get any details about it, they can do so. Mm -hmm. there. Cool. And yeah, I guess that just leaves us to mention that if you would like to drop any kind of, you know, maybe Pizza Hut sponsorship right oh, in the yeah. middle of this right now, you know, Papa contact John. us. Maybe Papa John's. Wiki Weekend. Yeah, they need Papa a... John's. No, no, no. I, I, you know, we, we take a stance here where certain companies and certain products like Raid Shadow Legends is like, it's a bit dicey. And I would say that Papa John's is like such a disagreement with my taste buds that I would reveal. Oh, right. I thought you were going to say, because I was just going to make the joke of I think they need to rehabilitate their image after, like, the guy who found the company kept screaming the N-word in stockholder meetings. But you just don't like Papa John's. I just think it's a shit product. It's like, very shit frankly, pizza. It's horrible. Yeah. Horrible pizza. Uh, but, um, yeah, you can contact us at wikiweekends at gmail.com if you would like such a ringing endorsement as we just gave Papa John's. See what I'd do? If I was like, if I owned a company, which I do, but I don't advertise, I would just pay someone else to shit talk my rival. Don't talk me yeah. up, shit talk my rival. So that's the thing is like, you know, Domino's is a bit greasy, but we'll get over that. Um, Pizza Hut though, Pizza Hut's normally the one I go for. So Pizza Hut, I used to work for Pizza Hut actually, but that was for like two weeks. Collusion. So, you know, it's fine. But, um, I forgot I used to work for them. I literally forgot about that. Um, but yes, you know, if you if you want to send a sponsor our way, that would be greatly appreciated. If you want to give us a $20 million marketing budget, hit us up. Oh, don't worry, we'll make sure. I, if they did that, <laughs> I, then you'd walk in and I won't have soundproofing. I just have pizzas. It's the whole world. <laughs> be everywhere. Honestly, if you just want to send me a couple of pizzas, like that would be enough. That'd be great. Like I'd just, sell out for a few pizzas. I'd fucking do it. Like, I'd be, like, anyway. I would 100% turn into that kid from Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe who sells out his own family for Turkish Delight. <laughs> Turkish Delight. Like, he's such it's a shit in it. Sweet. Yeah, he, he sells out his entire family for Turkish Delight. He sells out Lion Jesus for like, not even a lot of it either, just a little bit. <laughs> just, just the implication that he can continue to get Turkish Delight. Yeah. It's like uh, that um, like that amazing pitch for a TV show someone had of like, you need to have a TV show where it's like a four-year-old picking between like a bag of dollar store toys and a check for $100,000 as the parents <laughs> watch on a webcam. And just that, that watch that show. It's like that great thing, isn't it, of when you ask kids, like, what would you do with 50 quid? And I'll, I don't know, buy a helicopter. Yeah, they just, they can't understand. <laughs> it's like no concept, obviously. And like, you know, I'm not, I'm not coming at the kids for that they've got no reason to have concept mm -hmm. of money yet um but carl let's do a wiki quickie well oddly enough like i also picked something like you know green and 90s to talk about and that is abe from abe's odyssey oh okay like, low-key one of my favorite games not series because i don't like the like odd world series i just really like abe and, and abe's odyssey. last thing is i i i like the first game but I haven't played it in a long time. And then, like, that Stranger's Wrath game, which is apparently quite good, they but quite it's good. nothing to do with Abe's Odyssey, like, what that was. But it's all set in the same universe. Mm -hmm. and it's probably, like, one of the weirdest and earliest attempts, at least in gaming, to create a shared universe. Because there's, like, yeah. 
Abe's Odyssey, Abe's Exodus, then you have like Muncher's Revenge, like Soul's World, then, whatever it was. It was like then you had like yeah the the latest one which was like Soul something, Soul and it was like Soulstorm, and like the creator of Abe's Odyssey wouldn't stop talking about how Soulstorm was going to be like the greatest game of all time, and it just put me off a little bit. I'm like, just calm down. It's just an Abe's Odyssey game. Like just. Be honest with your fans and like it's you another, don't yeah. need to talk it up as is it's gonna be the greatest thing of all time. It can just be a good video game. And that's the thing about like Abe's Odyssey is I legitimately think it's one of the best video games ever made. Just because it's Ooh. one of you know, because <laughs> of there is one interview where I think it's Lorne Lanning who works on the game. That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The voice he's also the voice of Abe as well. So when he tells the story, it sounds like Abe's telling him a story. But like his like design philosophy for the game was so strong that he managed to convince like the soulless corporate overlords at PlayStation not to change mm. it. And very early oh, really? in production, they were like, so so what's the game? Because it's a puzzle game. So, okay, they're mm. popular. Um, but Joe, you know what's popular right now? Killing people? I'm like, okay. And they said, you need to give Abe a gun. He's like, we don't want to give Abe a gun. No. And his reasoning is flawless. And this is why I think it's like such a great game. And he said, if you give Abe a gun, you're going to use that to solve every problem. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, you have to think your way around it. It's a puzzle game. It's not yeah. an action game. But I think it's just like, and there's so much personality. And just like, you know, that design philosophy. The idea of a game having such a strong design philosophy mm-hmm. all the way is one person's vision realized. And, and I never think it got his you due of like how popular and how influential Abe is. You wouldn't have got the moment, you know, where you just get Abe. Like, so fucking good. But it's not how revolutionary it was to like communicate in a game, mm-hmm. like something yeah. like you know they never figured out in a game before. Like communicate AI characters in games were fucking useless. Mm-hmm. And then you have A where you have like full control over them, and like yeah. the, the numerous levels of puzzles where you sort like you know you've got multiple different puzzle elements. And honestly, as well, I think like just the kind of world that they created is it's such so a fun, yeah iconic cool looking like different style than was what around at the time mm-hmm. like i don't remember playing any other playstation game that look and felt like abe's odyssey did there's so much personality and just like craft that went into building that world and like i said the interactions out there so someone's probably gonna say well you do have a gun in the game you can control the slicks mm. and like that's the solution they thought like the possession mechanic is what they figured out of, like okay we won't give you a gun, but we'll give you a possession mechanic. And you don't have to use the gun when you possess people. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, they have that morality choice in there as well. Like you can save people or you can just save Abe. And it has like, you know, if you remember, there are two endings to Abe. There's a good ending and a bad ending. Oh shit. Is that de- dependent on how many you're free? Yeah, how many Madokens you're able to save. And it's, it's funny because like um, you know, whether people watch the episode or not, I remember like getting a little picture of Abe's Odyssey when we were talking about Pikmin, mm-hmm. and I'm presuming like you mentioned Abe's Odyssey then, and your brain's gone like, "Let's talk about Abe's Odyssey." Yeah, because that's things. I like. think about how many things that are in Abe's Odyssey, that first PS1 game, that are like that would have been revolutionary at the time, like communication with the player, you know, mm-hmm. world building, story, story, narrative, and cinematic driven. Yeah, like puzzle-solving elements that are you know, and adult themes, but also like you know, mixing adult themes with humor. Yeah, a character it, it who kind could of talk. Like, it had enough going on for it to like you know seem almost like slapstick and comical a little bit for like playing it when I was a a younger child. Like, but at the same time, it's still as you say, like 
had more adult undertones and stuff and like yeah the whole basis the, of the story the is abe is a and slavery and capture yeah mm. well, speaking of which abe also known as stitch lips and abraham law is the first protagonist to ever appear in the odd world franchise abe is a mudokan the native race of the continent of mudos who was recognized by his species as a messiah and their liberator Despite his scepticism and reluctance in being the chosen one, he managed to liberate a large portion of his species from Gluckan oppression. And I just love Abe as well. He's got so much personality. Mm-hmm. Just everything he does, like, what's your favourite thing that Abe can do? And why is it when it's like in the second game, they gain the ability to slap? I don't think I ever played the second game. Yeah, so in the second one, they gave Abe the ability to slap because like playtesters got annoyed they couldn't slap people for not listening to their instructions. Where is Abe's Odyssey in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate? Or just Abe? He could work. He'd be a really could, fun character. You could have it as, like, um, almost like, you know, the Pokemon trainer, where the po- Abe's in the background going, wow, wow. What and then you? you've got, like, the, the, the um, whatever the aliens are called, that like, uses different aliens mm-hmm. and, like, manipulates them. I, I, things like, I also love, like, the visuals of that game are fucking phenomenal. Like, especially when you get out of the factory and you get, like, the really massive, like, landscapes and you'll see, like, Muldokans in the background. So I remember playing through mm. it as an adult and just, like, being, like, um, like you know, amazed at, like, the almost entirely non-verbal storytelling on it. So as you, like, go into temples and stuff and mm. you realise these used to belong to your people and you'll start encountering, like, what, like native Muldokans. And then you're, like, you pr- and you're, like, how do I, how do I, and then you pray and then they communicate with you and it's, like, holy shit. That's cool. It's great. I, I like highly I'm recommend pretty sure. play it. Well, that's the thing. I'm pretty sure that um, at some point on PlayStation Plus, um, I redeemed Oddworld New and Tasty. Mm-hmm. So now you've got me like hankering for going back and maybe booting that up on my PlayStation. Just remember, though, it is bastard hard. Yeah, yeah. That was one thing in the reviews um, for New and Tasty. They were like, you know, the controls still feel like old school clunky PS1 and it makes a lot of the game like really difficult and I presume that's still like an you know kind of coming from the original. It probably was. Again, like you know, a lot of the games were at the time like quite slow and clunky controlled and like say for example playing Tomb Raider. I, I will say though that when he wants to, Abe can haul some fucking ass. <laughs> like when he's got like when he does like the full on Tom Cruise sprint and like things well, it's like it's very Tomb Raider in that way of when you make a perfect jump, it feels so good. Like, Joe, and, like, you've got the mines on the floor, and it's, well, it's very timing-based as well. Yeah. So I remember, like, okay, you've got, like, jump, jump, run, jump, press a button, jump, jump, and, like, once it flows, it feels so satisfying to get, like, solve mm-hmm. a puzzle entirely through timing. So the thing, it's, like, puzzle platformer game. It's mm-hmm. it's very precise with its jumping. And then we have, um, right now. Appearance for anyone who's unfamiliar with Abe. So Abe is distinct in the fact that his skin is a shade of purplish blue rather than neutral green of his fellow Mudokans. Uh, Mudokans are chameleon-like in nature, with their skin colour reflecting their inner mood. Abe's blue skin is representative of his sadness for his entire race. He's just... He's always Aww. sad. Let's see. Millennial icon. He's always sad. <laughs> That's really upsetting. His lips were sewn together as a child by his mother, the Mudokan Queen, because he often cried and he would have been killed for these disturbances. So I, I just what... assumed like he got captured and they sew his mouth up or something. He says that his stitches have since loosened, giving the ability to speak once again. Um, even at the urging of the masked shaman, he refused to cut them off as they are the only members, memories he has or anyone else has of his mother. 
And I will and I, say though, Abe has such a great moment when you become because like, if people don't know like the loose story, like the Madokans are a slave race on the the planet. Abe escapes and realizes that the, his planet, he is like his people are the like, you know the natural denizens of the planet, and it's on a quest to like liberate them. But mm. when you realize, oh, there's a Madokan god, and if you're real fucking hardcore and you really really want it, you can become Madokan god for like five minutes. Oh, wow. And there are bits in the game where you become Mudokan God and the Slig's like, oh no. You can become supersonic and yeah. just go go ham. That's what the, the good ending is like all of the Mudokans give you like the power of the God for a split second. And you, just <laughs> apl- and you just basically become, like again, millennial icon and kill all your bosses. It says here that he has one tattoo on his chest and scars on the back of his hand. And the scars are on his hands after you complete the trials at the Paramonian and Scribanian Nests. Each scar depicts the trial that he went through. And with them, he gained the ability to transform into the ancient Wadokan demigod, Skrull. Oh my god, he becomes a super squirrel. He becomes, he becomes a super, he becomes a super, <laughs> super Wadokan. And like, I just, I, it's, it's, it's just, you look at him, he's, he just looks so shit. And I, that's what makes him good. It's a really iconic design. Yeah, and there's a great story we talked about on the Fact Feed channel before about there's an old man who's like, in like Oddworld Studios, he's like a legend. And basically, he was depressed. His wife had died. His kids didn't talk to him. And he was going to kill himself, but he couldn't do it. And he's like, why, am I, why can't I kill myself? And he'd be like, I've got money in the bank. I don't want to like give money to the government. Again, respect. So mm. he went out and he bought, what's the stupidest thing I could buy? He bought Abe's Odyssey. So he bought a PlayStation. And he's like, well, I don't know what game to play. But he saw the cover of Abe's Odyssey. Saw the camera went, that's me. Because it's your oh. Abe's like sad sack face in the front line. Mm-hmm. He saw that one. That's me. That's how I feel right now. And apparently, he turned the game on, and in the first five minutes, where Abe eats shit by falling off the um, ledge, <laughs> he laughed. He said it's the first time he'd ever laughed, like since his wife had passed. Oh my god! And he was so like uh, he, at that moment, he um, endeavoured to turn his life around. Like he contacted his daughters, went out with his grandkids. He got an Abe's like, an Abe tattoo. And he was just like, yeah, just he turned his life around. And that's the thing. That's the power of game like that. That's why I think that's like, awesome. Abe, I've never heard that story. It's a real, like, there's a, you can find on YouTube, like Lorne Lanning telling it. Mm. And they always, like, everyone who works in like Oddworld Studio knows the story. It's a like, Lorne Lanning tells it best because it's so personal to him. And I think that's like, the, that thing of like, ah, video games art. It's like, I'd argue this one is. For the ability to go, art can like, you know, influence the way someone feels. This game saved that guy's life. The thing is, like, you know, I'm definitely on the, the side of the argument. Like, yes, video games are art. And, mm-hmm. you know, people then go, like, make that reductive argument of, like, oh, yeah, but what about, like, getting, you know, a piece of art farted out that's, like, fucking FIFA 23? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I would argue that, yes, that is art because look at some artists that fart out shit and people say isn't art. It's, like... Doesn't matter what like form of content you are looking at, mm-hmm. there is always someone doing a cheap, shitty job of like making that art and trying to profit off it. Absolutely, yeah. But I, I, that's why I say it's like I contend one of the best video games because you know mm. no one else had done what Abe's Odyssey did. So like no one had been doing what Abe had done until Abe came along. But yeah, speaking of which, personality. Yeah. Abe may be clumsy, gullible, and naive, but he's still a kind-hearted and gentle Madokan. He has a very cheerful and optimistic personality, and yet he's also somewhat desensitized from being a slave, as many horrifying concepts don't upset him. Yeah, he, he's very, like, again, you know, sad, depressed character, but at the same time, 
just kind of powers through yeah. and like sees these, you know, either his own species or different aliens get like mutilated and murdered and blown up. And he just kind of moves on with life. Well, that's the thing. It's like, imagine how much death he saw as, like, you know, a member of Rupture Farms. And that's the thing, yeah. though. You can influence his personality to a degree because you can make him laugh. And I always remember, like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> like making him, like, you know, when you fart and all the Madokas laugh. It's great. Oh. Or get into slap fights. Like, there was nothing better than getting into slap fights with um, your fellow Madokans. Or when you accidentally I... make the blind ones walk off the edge, you're like, oh, fuck. I really think that, you know when PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale 2 inevitably definitely 100% comes out because it's definitely coming back. Um, they they just put Abe in and just give him the ability to slap and fart and that's it. He'd have like the greatest moves ever. <laughs> that Those are his two supers right there. Yeah. Well, his super would be turning into like, the demigod. But like, you know, you'd have That'd to... be his level three, yeah. But yeah. like his level two could just be like slapping you. Well, his prayer would be his taunt, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. That classic one, but so we have notes and trivia to end on, so for a wiki quickie. So Abe could have been named after the 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln, who emancipated the slaves. It's pretty... It's pretty obvious that's at least one influence, and the other one here is it yeah. could be based off of Abraham from the Book of Exodus. I'd say it's a little from column A, a little from column B. More Personally, than likely, yes. Um, like, Lorne Lanning thought about this game a lot. Um, A's blue skin could be a reference to the multiple Hindu deities that share the same skin colour. This design could have been chosen to hint at his spirituality and holiness. Again, I, I would not question if that was actually the case. So if that was like at least some surprised. influence on his design. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's like, you know, he's got the, the tied back hair, the prayer, like, you know, very humble. Like the fact that, like, you know, one of his like default things mm-hmm. is like, you know, like prostrating himself, like going down and crouching, like showing I know, and there's like this there's a lot of spiritual elements to the Abe series. Um, so um, Abe's known for breaking the fourth wall. For example, at the start of the very first game, he looks at the player and says, get me out of here. I'd want to get out of Rupture Farms. I don't remember that. Fucking hell. I think he does the narration. <coughs> he does the narration right. when he talks about the thing he tells you about Rupture Farms. And he says, so get me out of here. Oh. He's one of the few main characters, along with Munch, to stay completely barefoot throughout the entire game. And then finally, um, he will die or be already dead in almost every single bad ending in the series. So in Abe's Odyssey, he is dropped to his death in the execution chamber if he didn't save enough Madokans, as they let him die for not saving enough of his people. Oh, shit. I mean, can't the guy just want to escape death? Yeah, but that's the thing. Like... Of like, <laughs> that's the thing. Is like, it's that thing of like, well, did you make an effort to save your fellow Madokans? Yeah, and then we'll make an effort to save you. If you didn't, like they even have an argument about it. Where they say, mm. well, should we let him die? It's like, well, we could, but how many of our people did he help? Has he helped us? And if you have, then they'll mm-hmm. pray and they'll give you the power of the God. It's great. Um, in Abe's I, ex- I just like the idea that um, it works like a spirit bomb. And it's a, if you saved enough people, you've got enough people that pray into you that you, you get the power of the it's, spirit bomb. I'd say it's a little if bit no one's, well. If no one's alive, then, you know... In Abe's Exodus, he is stopped by the Modokans that originally joined at the entrance to the boiler room as they're angry with him for not saving enough of um, uh, their fellow race. One of the Modokans sneaks up behind Abe and knocks him out with an empty bottle, claiming that he isn't going to get away with it. He wakes him up. He wakes up to find himself ex- attached to a tear extractor while being mocked by the brewmaster and a slig as they excitedly activate the machine to electrocute him to death. And there's some of the dark humour to the series there. Mm-hmm. Um, in- Again, though, like... I, I just imagine, right, getting, like, you know, captured, tortured, like they're about to fucking kill you 
for meat or whatever. I can't remember exactly the plot, but that's and you yeah. you just yeah you just escape, and it, like, yeah you you're a bit selfish, but you're just trying to stay alive, and people give you shit for not like saving your entire race of people that are also captured. Yeah, it's that thing of like you escape from the most like torturous <laughs> nightmare imaginable, but you didn't escape hard enough. <laughs> you get shit for getting out. They do. Well. Let's say they legit give you shit. And that's that you can save people if you don't save enough. Mm-hmm. But and that's why I think it says like his job listed is like former slave, current messiah, and then in like um, parentheses says reluctantly. <laughs> Which you know what? I get it. He is reluctantly the messiah of his race. But yeah, that's I mean, Abe. And that's I like Abe. I like the yes. game. I'd recommend anyone if you can get like a hold of. I think the remaster came out, and it's like reasonably priced now like, just go play yeah, it for yeah. the story um, the story or watch just like you know a playthrough and the story's really good i'll say i think Oddworld new and tasty is on like ps4 and xbox one i think and then like you know backwards compatibility on the new consoles and mm-hmm. stuff so i think it's pretty easily accessible um yeah i would i would definitely if you haven't experienced the game just even if you want to like wait for a sale on it or something i'd recommend going and checking it out because it's a very interesting game especially from the context of it being an original PlayStation game. Yeah. It's like it's from that era where, you know, they were actually allowed to take risks. Like not everything has to be a sequel. But yeah. So you know, we get we we get one or two original IP every console generation. Yeah. And Abe was like, no, the one for the PS1. And it's a shame that I like, you know, like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro weren't become these like huge mascot characters. And Abe never did because just Abe's not cute. Like he was deliberately uh, like, designed to look like a sad sack of shit, and that's I argue was like detrimental to the success of a series because it's very hard to market him. Yes, and it might <coughs> it might take another twenty years to get like a Soulstorm sequel. But the thing is, maybe the potential for Oddworld continuing as a series is higher than that of like Crash or Spyro because. Activision made every developer just work on Call of Duty and yeah. like scrap every other game. Right. So it's like, ironically, right now in 2023, there is a higher odds of us getting an Apes Odyssey than any of the that's others. The thing as well, we could get it. It's Apes time. <laughs> so that's the thing as well. How, like, we had that new Crash game that sucked. Or did all right. The new Crash game was good. I thought there was like, like a new like puzzle one that's like um, uh, a puzzle fighter that's like got like I thought, DLC. I thought you would. I thought you were talking about Crash Four. No, like that's a new Crash. But there's there's game. the Crash Party, Crash Jack. Team, yeah, Crash Team Rumble. That that's the one. I was gonna say Jack Off Device, but you know, like, um, yeah, Crash Crash has had one game, and it's like this new online multiplayer game that had like server problems on day one, and nobody yeah. played. <clears throat> Which is weird as well, because like I I actually heard. Good things out of Summer Game Fest previews about mm. that game. People were saying it was quite fun, and then it just came out and it was like servers have already shit the bed and no one's online. <laughs> it's yeah. like, right, okay, good start. But there we go, <coughs> Abe, yeah. bring you back. It's go time. On. But it's, 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 it's his think, time. It's an active, it's an active series. Soulstorm only came out a couple of years back. Yeah, but I want Abe. Abe uh, was in it. Was it was a Soulstorm? traditional Abe's Odyssey game. Oh, okay. It was oh. like it was a traditional oh. like it was like Abe's Odyssey one. Maybe we should bring it back. Obviously. Game of Gone. Maybe maybe just bring it back. back game of Gone. No, the thing is though, he's Abe in Fortnite yet. 
I doubt it. That means he's not good enough. If he's not in Fortnite, he's not popular. That's... Did you see that? <laughs> Just to end on. Did you see, like, PUBG <coughs> has got, like, Ryu and Chun-Li skins. Oh, yeah, our friend sent us that. <laughs> and they look on... so shit. They look like they... knockoffs. I had to, like, literally my response was, is this an official thing? This can't be real. It looks like a not a good fan mod, a bad fan mod. Yeah, it looks like, like you know they from... look like fucking um, like Roy and Con and Chan Chan Lu, and it's like they look like knockoff versions of. Don't worry, we've got Chun Li at home. It, it looks like from like a knockoff mobile game from a Chinese yeah. developer. Yeah, it really do- it looks awful. So I'm saying it's put Abe in PUBG. But to put like the stranger's wrath at character in PUBG. Oh man! That's, that's I, I, again, I've heard that game is good, but it just it was not the. It really threw me off because yeah. it had nothing gameplay wise to do with Abe's Odyssey. Yeah. But either way, Abe, Abe the babe, Abe the man, the legend, the king, <laughs> the the deity apparently, hey, the demigod. Let's go, the reluctant yeah. messiah. That's his smash thing right there. What a title, the reluctant messiah. Well, I'd be joining like when you're on the um, the boxing stage on Smash Bros. The, That'd be the, his thing, the punch he? out stage. Yeah, yeah, the reluctant messiah. Oh, uh, that's a, that's a really good title. I mm. I would listen to that band. I would. Doesn't we're not a band names in a while on Wiki Weekends. Hey, the reluctant messiah. We we tend not to do band names as much on the podcast. We mm-hmm. tend to do those more in like the episode format. Like the wiki weekends, not yeah. the wiki weekdays. We don't listen to bands during the weekdays, kids. But there we go. They're there they're for the weekend. Speaking of which, yeah. you want to see the weekend one? Subscribe and see you all next time. Oh, yeah.